everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Bet On Yourself podcast. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time because it's actually the last episode of season two. And this is a really special one that hits close to my heart. I always thought it was going to, but then today made it extra poignant. (laughs) Some strange things have happened uh, very unexpectedly that made this particularly interesting. So today's topic is about creating a legacy, but I actually think I wanna change that title. I want to change it to living a legacy. I'll explain. There's several reasons why this is on my mind in particular. This week in Europe, the Euro Cup is being played. And earlier this week, I was watching a match between Denmark and Finland. And one of the players, Christian Eriksen, actually died on the field for a few minutes and thankfully was resuscitated and is starting his recovery now. But watching someone who's so young, he's only 29, in the best physical shape, um, suddenly have his heart stop just really brought home for me how fragile life is. I don't think I've, no, I definitely have never watched someone die before. I've never seen a defibrillator used. It was just so, so, so emotional, but I don't know him. Um, But I still felt like so compelled to follow the story and see if he was improving and see how he's doing. I think there's something really disturbing that happens when someone seemingly superhuman shows their mortality. Uh, it was really, really disturbing. And I'm so grateful that he's recovering and seems like he'll be all right. Um, but then today, literally right now, while I'm recording this live, my nephew, who's 15, is in the hospital. And he's had some stomach pain for a while. And last night, um, they discovered his appendicitis. He's now had surgery and I'm waiting for him to wake up. So whether you're 15 or 29 or at the end of your life, or just me (laughs) sitting here with you today, life is precious. And I know this whole last year and a half has felt really heavy about that. We've been thinking about how fragile we are as humans. The pandemic made us feel extra vulnerable, perhaps, at least for me. But the silver lining of that is we've come to really appreciate that life is short and precious and we only get one. We only get one life. So I have recommitted myself to running full speed ahead towards my biggest dreams and not waiting for something. Today, actually, um, I've been thinking about my book. It's coming out for pre-sale this week. Stay tuned for some big announcements around that. But there's a section of my book that's been coming to mind for me as well around this. And I share the story of a colleague of mine named Dan. Now, Dan and I were um, associates for a long time. We actually started at Google for just six months apart. He worked um, on the Google Moonshot Factory Team X. And he was the kind of guy who lived life to the absolute fullest. He was the head of privacy at Google X. He founded the Google Adventure Team. Uh, They set out to map remote locations like the Great Barrier Reef, mountain ranges, and putting these high quality photos onto Google Earth so that people who themselves can't experience these incredible places on this earth have a chance to experience them even from afar. So he was motivated to help people, to build experiences, help people appreciate the beauty of our planet and strive to protect it. But tragically, Dan was one of four Google employees documenting Mount Everest when uh, he was killed in an avalanche caused by an earthquake. He was doing what he loved most, but he was only 33 years old. And this really affected me when it happened, even though we weren't 
friends or, or close. He's someone I saw at least once a week for years. And it just seemed so inexplicable, so unimaginable that, that he had died. And after his death, his family set up a charity in his honor and even started a website called uh, Live Dan, where they encouraged others who were inspired by him to take a pledge. They called it a pledge to live fearlessly, just like Dan always had. And when I read that statement, it woke me up because that happened during a time of my life where I was not very happy. I was not balanced. My personal life was thrown upside down, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I realized in that moment that I would not want anyone to pledge to live like Anne. His family wrote on his website the, the following challenge. They said, living Dan is living a life as you are, who you are and who you want to be. Nothing is unachievable. Sometimes that means taking the more difficult, less traveled roads. Dan took the untraveled roads. He was the ruler of his own life's journey. He explored a limitless world of possibility and happiness. I wanted to not only embody that, but to become someone who is an inspiration to empower others to live their greatest lives as well. And that's taken several forms for me over the years after I originally read that. I wanted to be somebody that would inspire you to live like Anne, and that meant living your best, bravest, most pure, authentic life. So, okay, before it gets too heavy and sad, I want to just to remind you that this applies to you. This applies to us no matter who we are. And I've been thinking about what if, um, what if I died unexpectedly? I'm really curious what my family would write as my obituary. In fact, I think I'm going to actually ask them what they would write. One, I think they would get the dates all wrong or the details wrong. But what matters most is how would they describe me? In fact, I was listening to this podcast episode this morning on This American Life. There was an episode called Sisters. And uh, they opened up with interviewing one of the employees there. And uh, she was guessing how her sisters would describe her, which turns out to be totally wrong. So I have four sisters, so I think I'll, I'll do that with them. But there is a Harvard Business Re Review article uh, that I really like. It's called How to Think About Building Your Legacy. And it shared an anecdote that I think is a great summary for um, how I want to go forward with thinking about my own legacy. So the article starts, one day in 1888, a wealthy and successful businessman was reading what was supposed to be his brother's obituary in a French newspaper. As he read, he realized that the editor had confused the two brothers and had actually written an obituary for him instead. The headline proclaimed, the merchant of death is dead, and then described a man who had gained his wealth by helping people kill one another. Not surprisingly, he was deeply troubled by this glimpse of what his legacy might have been had he actually died on that day. It's believed that this incident was pivotal in mo motivating him to leave nearly his entire fortune following his actual death eight years later to fund awards each year to give to those who work for the most benefit of humanity. And this is, of course, the true story of Alfred Nobel, the inventor of dynamite and the founder of the Nobel Prize. So I 
hope you haven't opted out of this conversation thinking, well, I'm not Alfred Nobel or I'm not a celebrity CEO, (laughs) but I promise you this really does apply to you exactly who and where you are right now. So when we think about legacy, most people define that to mean, how will I be remembered after I die? What will live on because I was once here? And that, yes, is a legitimate um, definition of legacy and something that's an important element. But I really think that it's important for us to think about it being more of a living present thing. Another Harvard Business Review article titled How to Think About Building Your Legacy had this sentence that I really reacted strongly to in this article. It says, people are more concerned with avoiding leaving a negative legacy than with creating a positive one. That really bothered me. I I think maybe because I've been surrounded by dreamers who are very, very proactive and and, um, honestly are very involved in creating the future that I was just like, is that how people think about their legacy? Actually, the more I thought about it, I thought it's true. And then it bothered me even more. The reason this bothers me is because if you're more concerned about potentially leaving a negative legacy than creating a positive one, I think it actually motivates us towards behaviors of avoidance rather than proactive, meaningful ones. I don't know. I think it's much more powerful to think about it as a living, breathing thing you're creating right now with the decisions you're making today. So even if I'm not Einstein or my larger than life, real-time legacy bosses, I want to I think about legacy. So you might, at the beginning of this episode, opted out and thought, who, me? I, I don't need to think about legacy. I'm too small or insignificant. But you, you don't have to be big, actually, to leave a large wake on this life. I think the most inspirational article I've read about legacy was titled, Don't Leave a Legacy, Live One, by Mark Friedman. And in this article, he shares with a story that I think really illustrates how no life is too small to have an enormous impact. He shares that in the mid 1980s, I traveled to Portland, Maine time and again to visit two older women, Aggie and Louise. They were physically unimposing, neither measured more than five feet tall. They had little education and had never lived outside of Maine. For most of their lives, neither aspired to find work that did much more than pay the bills and cover the rent. Aggie worked as a waitress in a local diner and Louise was employed at a paper mill. However, when they hit 60, things changed and dramatically. Rather than retire, they feared they would get bored, Aggie and Louise each joined something called foster grandparents. This had a modest stipend for in return for spending 20 hours a week at the pediatrics ward of Maine Medical Center, the city's major hospital. It is where they met each other and where I met them. Aggie and Louise had no medical knowledge or experience in healthcare. Their role in the pediatric ward was simply to become a surrogate family to the children staying there, sometimes the sickest kids. As such, they came to fill an extraordinary void. Maine is a large state and a poor one. I met one child being treated for a rare form of cancer whose parents had to leave him after a week to return to their jobs and other children five hours away near the Canadian border. Imagine being seven, sick and in a strange institution, hours from home and utterly alone. That's where Aggie and Louise came in. They became de facto grandparents to that child and to a myriad of others over the years. One time I asked them after a string of setbacks when children were taking turns for the worse and sometimes passing away, 
how they could bear it, how they could keep doing something so wrenching with so many defeats. And Louise told me she couldn't imagine doing anything different or more important with the remaining years of her life. The way she saw it, these kids had a limited amount of time and it was precious. Her job was to help them find as much happiness and love possible in that period. Aggie explained simply, it's not a job, it's a joy. Her words made me think of poet Marge Piercy's beautiful refrain, a pitcher cries for water to carry and a person for work that is real. I don't think I'll ever forget that. I too, I definitely crave work that is real. And I am not fostering sick children or leaving a living legacy like my former CEO bosses. But I do think the decisions we're working on today have more of an effect than we realize. And honestly, that's what motivated me to do this podcast before I'm, I was gonna say before I'm perfect at it, before I'm any good at it, to just start recording, to put something out there that will live beyond me and perhaps inspire someone. That's honestly the only way I got brave enough to write my book. It's not perfect, but hopefully it will help someone and it will live on beyond me. I think we're creating our living legacy in every small decision that we make, everything that we say yes to and everything that we say no to. I hope we don't wait for retirement or or that day that will likely never come where we feel like we've arrived and we've earned some sort of grandeur that would could be considered a legacy. I think there's a legacy happening around us and we just need to accept that that's already happening and become much more purposeful. Don't focus on the avoidance, but for us to really focus on purposeful living today. So please don't wait for retirement or future grandeur to focus on meaning and purpose. Focus on work that is real and live your legacy today. I think that's truly how we best bet on ourselves. And that's what I want for you more than anything. I'm so glad that you've joined me for season two. Stay tuned for season three. We're gonna take legacy to the next level with some of the guests I've got queued up for the next season. I am really astounded and so grateful for the incredible guests that have said yes to the lineup for season three. So please go out there and make some purposeful decisions today to think about ways in which you can contribute to this world in a really meaningful way. And please share them with me. I would love to hear what you're working on and the legacy and the ripple effect you're creating within your circle of influence. And until next week, go out there and make that big bet on yourself.